Hey, it's Justin. And before we jump into today's podcast, we just want to thank you. We know you have a choice in what you listen to, and we are thankful for you. Every month, we shine a light on our top performing, most downloaded podcast episodes, and you're getting one of those this week. Enjoy, and remember that every winner started as a contender. Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. This is Justin Hahnemann. This is the Contender Cast, and we are shining a light on bright ideas. And today I am super excited to introduce you to a friend of mine named Laura Vanderkam. I've actually known Laura now for close to eight years, and we first met when she was writing a book called 168 Hours. You have more time than you think. Um, and she is an author, a speaker. Many of you have probably seen her on the Today Show, Fox and Friends, read about her in the Wall Street Journal or Forbes. Um, she is really an expert on time management and productivity. And I'm so excited, Laura, that you're on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so you graduated Princeton. So Laura, how did you get into writing? And we're going to go through your couple of books that you've got in this time management and productivity space. But how did you even get into the space and get started? Boy, my whole career here. Um, <laughs> so I had... I had always been writing um, in college. I did a lot of freelancing for various publications just as a way to make money. Uh, so like local newspapers would need stories on whatever and I could, you know, write them and get paid. And so that was what I did as a job. Um, after college, I worked for a year at USA Today on their opinion page. Oh, nice. It was kind of a fun job in so many ways. I mean, one, just seeing how a big paper like that works and, and being in um, the Washington, D.C. area for a year after school and seeing all that. And it was also when um, 9-11 happened. So to be have the experience of being in a daily paper when, when that happened was wow. um, good good experience. But um, I, it was it was also good because I was, I was started out as just doing like grunt work on the opinion page, like, you know, <laughs> nice. whatever, whatever had to be done extra around to get the paper out. And um, in the course of that, though, they let me start writing for them. Like, I pitched a couple of column ideas, and my editors were willing to take a chance on it. So I was writing for them. And, and so, you know, at the end of it, was, it was supposed to be a year-long sort of post-college type gig. And at the end of it, I decided to move to New York and just kind of try the writing thing, because I knew I already had the USA Today column going as, as something I was doing. I could make money doing that. And I had a couple other places I'd been freelancing for on the side as well. And so I uh, went from there to just, you know, you write for other places, try to write for bigger places. Um, I got into the kind of through a back door because I started um, ghostwriting books for people. Oh, also interesting. As a way okay. to make money. That's great. Yep. Yeah. And, and so I got to see, I got to meet people in the publishing industry like I'd meet agents because, you know, the the person needed a ghostwriter Absolutely. and they had an agent and the agent would say, oh, you know, you could actually write this book like you could write other books. And so um, that, that's where a lot of just, you know, you get some connections, you get others. And then eventually I was writing my, my own books. That's awesome. Okay. So uh, what I thought we would do, and I think our audience will love this, is we're going to walk through each of your four big books that have been out in the last seven years. And I'd love for you to share you know, maybe the one or two big ideas out of each. And, um, and we'll start with the one that um, I had first read and actually contributed some content to you for. It's called 168 Hours. You have more time than you think. And I know this one is all about like time prioritization. So how did this book come about? And then what are some of the big ideas out of it? 
Yeah, I had been wanting to write. This is the first book I wrote on time management. Been wanting to write something like it for quite a while, but you know, it took a while to sort of get somebody to take a chance on it. <laughs> right. Um, it's a great book. Yeah, the the 168 hours is is the number of hours in a week, and I think that it's important to look at time this way. Because first of all, a week is a cycle of life as we actually live it. I mean, if you think about how you plan your life and how often things happen, you really thinking in terms of a week. That's sort of a regular recurring thing in your life in terms of your schedule. But it's also, by thinking of time more holistically that way, it reminds us that things don't have to happen daily and things don't have to happen at the same time every day in order to count in our lives. And I think people often talk themselves into what I call this 24-hour trap by thinking that, you know, if you didn't get to everything that was important in your life today, you are somehow a failure. And right you know, the odds that you're going to fire on all cylinders on your average Tuesday are sort of minimal. Um, <laughs> right. So, you know, but, but, but that's like, you know, because to do all of that on Tuesday, I mean, maybe Tuesday you did a great job at work and you had some fun things you did with your family at night, but that wasn't the day you exercised and it wasn't the day you hung out with your friends, but maybe like Wednesday morning you exercised and Friday morning you exercised and maybe Thursday night, you didn't spend a whole lot of time with your family, but you went out with a couple of really good friends of yours and really, you know, engaged in those relationships. Um, but, you know, you're still with your family the other nights of the week. So it's not like you're trading it off. It's, it's that, you know, you have time for all these things when you look at the whole week. Um, and so by looking at the whole week, we see how much time we truly have. I love that. And I love this where uh, the line that says, with a little examination prioritizing, you'll find time to sleep eight hours a night, exercise five days a week, take piano lessons or for me singing lessons and write a novel without giving up quality time with the work family and other things. And I, you know, I don't know about you, but it's, it, whenever I talk to groups about getting things done or prioritizing and balancing lots of spinning plates, um, I, I often get the pushback of, well, I just don't know where to find the time. Right. And I'm sure you've heard that from many people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can tell you where to find that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, this is, this is just math. Okay. You do these numbers for you, 168 hours a week. Yep. 56 hours a night. I mean, 56 hours a week. So it's eight hours a night, right? And let's say you work a 40-hour job. So full-time job, right? It's 72 hours for other things. So of those 72 hours, let's say you consider your family to be your second full-time job. You spend 40 hours with them. All right, we've got 32 hours. Like, you want to exercise. <laughs> if you're exercising five times a week, yep. like for an hour each, or like at the top of what anyone does, but we still have 27 hours left over. <laughs> like, why don't we say we're going to write for half an hour, you know, five mornings a week? Well, now we're, we've just, that's just 2.5 hours. So now we're down at 24.5 hours that we still have. And that's with every day. That's exercising five hours a week. That's seeing your family more than a lot of people do. That's working a full-time job. That's sleeping eight hours a night. Like, <laughs> There's a right. lot of There's time no excuse, in 168 then. hours a week. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> there are things we all have to do. I, but broadly, when we approach time from the perspective of, I probably do have time for these things. Let me just see where I make time for them. Right. Absolutely. Totally agree. So I love 168 hours. So I want to keep us moving here. So let's talk about all the money in the world what the happiest people know about wealth. So you go out of time management and then you get into the wealth piece. How did this happen? <laughs> Good question. I mean, the, <laughs> the reality is that careers are seldom smooth lines. And after <laughs> 168 right. hours came out, you know, I knew I was very interested in time, but um, 
you know, the book sales were good, but they weren't like off the charts, you know, right out of the bat. So I was like, well, maybe I should try other ideas. And what's, what's similar to time? Well, let's try money. So my publisher and I decided to do a book about money. And, you know, I liked the book. It was a fun book to write. Um, but I've, what I think is interesting is just how we can use money to make our lives better. Um, I think a lot of personal finance books are centered on the idea of here's how you make a budget. Here's how you can allocate, you know, what percent to housing or savings or transportation. That's fine. But sure. like, let, let's say that you're, you're not right on the line here. You know, it's not the $20 <laughs> difference between what I like. If you have some extra money and you can start using it as a tool, what does that look like? How can you maximize what you have um, to have the best you know, boost to your life. And so that's sure. what that book explores. So, yeah, and it's interesting. It talks about how money is a scarce resource. Now, I have to ask you because three of four books are on time management and productivity. So I, I know this is going to be kind of a weird question, but does did this, as you look back on it, did it does it still fit with kind of the brand you've built? Or did you feel like, hey, I tried that. I wasn't sure if that was going to be the direction I'd head in and it was good, but now I'm back on on the other topics. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, time is really now where I've settled, and I, I really enjoy writing about time and productivity. I, I occasionally, you know, will do some things on money and finances, but I think that, you know, the two do play into each other. Sure. Because time and money are often things that um, can be exchanged for yep. each other. Uh, and so at different points in life, you might try to optimize one versus the other. Um, a lot of the people who books. It's kind of a professional audience. They may be more in the position where they are trying to, you know, use money as a tool to buy themselves more time. And so I That's do right. try to look at it from that perspective. How could you use that? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I'm also still writing a lot about happiness and how we sure. achieve happiness. And, and so, you know, it's, it's not entirely off left field, but it, it's, it's probably not the one I mentioned in most of my, right. my <laughs> when you're talking to people. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, all right. So let's go to the next one. Um, this now we've, we've gone from 2010, 2012. Now we're 2013 here. All right. I love this one because for me, mornings are like my time. Like I am in the, I swim every morning at five 30. I'm at the office and people are still waking up. Um, the title of this book, what the most successful people do before breakfast. I, I mean, I read the title and I'm like, I got to read this book. Right. So, <laughs> So talk about this one and how this one came about. Yeah, well, this was kind of random in the <laughs> sense of um, I, I was working on All the Money in the World that was scheduled to come out in March of a year. And in the summer, I had written a short post for a place that um, became CBS Money Watch. Oh, interesting. And it was called What the Most Successful People Do Before Breakfast. It was about how people use their mornings. And the traffic just went through the roof. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it it's a turned out to be right? <laughs> a total clickbait title. And so I shared this news with the people at my publisher who had done all the money in the world and were, had right. done 168 hours. Yep. And they were experimenting with doing the, what they were calling ebook specials. So books that were published only as ebooks. Interesting. Um, okay. To see, you know, was there a market there? Like, could they do it? And, and so we decided to do this as a very short, it's like 10,000 words, um, so you could read it in 45 minutes pretty much, uh, as an ebook um, with that title. And it uh, came out just, you know, like three months after All the Money in the World. It, it was just a completely different experience than All the Money in the World. I was like trying to get people to pay attention to the money right. book at all. And then <laughs> and this, this book's this flying off the shelf. 
just just flying, you know. And it it was it was really an amazing experience. I recorded the audio book for it, and the audio book like hit number one for i for audio books on <laughs> that iTunes. That's so cool. Um, That's so cool. Ebook was was number three for nonfiction overall on Amazon. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was just it it taught me what it feels like to actually have a bestseller, and yeah. that's a good feeling, you know. And no it, taught me like how to be sort of thinking all the time about that marketing aspect of it. Like what do people want to buy? Right. Because if you have something that people want to buy and want to, you know, be like, Oh, I need that. Right. Like that's a different feeling. So, you know, I mean, there, there were other things that came into it, but anyway, I mean, it's about how people use their mornings to get more done in their life. Cause for a lot of people, if you have a nine to five job that you need to be in the office, um, there's not a whole lot of great time for doing sort of creative pursuits or That's exercise. Right. That's right. Or even maybe seeing young children. Like if you work late, you probably won't see them that long in the evening. But mornings are time you can use for those sorts of things. Um, many of us are at our best in the morning. We're our freshest, most creative. Um, so if you want to write that novel, like getting up and writing for 30 minutes every morning, sure, absolutely. you'll probably make progress. It's Whereas my most you, creative time is in the morning. Like, yeah, yeah you wait till the end of the day to see what kind of time is left over. Like, you know, there's yeah. not going to be a whole lot of time left over. And even if there is, you're not going to have any energy to do no, anything. Or so the, the mind power. Right better here. to, better to get it done first. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, I, that's where I have my most creative ideas. Um, I've written, I remember songs and certain concepts and then book concepts or blog concepts out of the workout in the morning. And um, I'm totally with you on that. I love the line here um, where it talks about <laughs> while many of us are still in bed, these folks are scoring daily victories to improve their health careers and personal lives without sacrificing their sanity. And I totally agree with that. I think this is an awesome concept and it's all in the title. Yeah, like so You don't have to wonder what the book's about, right? You read the title and you know. You know, well, hopefully you can still, you know, hopefully people still buy the book. But <laughs> I think you will. <laughs> it's, it off, it's very, it offers a lot of practical suggestions for how to build a morning routine into your life. So, oh, I love that. Um, so that one, you know, a lot of people want to try that after reading it. Okay. Yeah. So this thing is moving. And then um, two years later drops. I know how she does it. How successful women take the most of their time, sorry, how successful women make the most of their time. So, all right, I, again, this is another time one. So how did this one come about and how did this, were you thinking this would be um, a segue or a different market than the Before Breakfast book? Well, it's a different market in the sense that it is um, pretty much aimed at a female audience. Sure. Um, I've had men tell me they've read it um, and have picked <laughs> up our, uh, productivity tips from it, uh, but it was more aimed at the idea of, you know, there's this story out there, What the same thing we were talking about with people saying, well, all this stuff, you can't do all this stuff right. with your time. Like, yep. you'll have to be giving something up. And we just did the math with 168 hours. There is a lot of time in there. Right. Um, and, and this is particularly looking at the story that a lot of women face, which is that, oh, well, if you succeed professionally, it must be because you're a horrible mother. Like, you're neglecting your family. You're, you know, dropping the ball there. Um and so I said, well, is that true? Like, is it right. true? Uh, let's look at people's time diaries. Yep. Uh, and so I recruited a whole bunch of women who had big, fancy professional jobs, like demanding stuff. Um, they also had kids at home. I had right. them keep track of their time for a week. I wound up with a thousand and one days in the lives of these women. Yep. I could see how much they were sleeping, you know, what kind of time they were spending with their family, when they were working and how much they were working, like, Housework and errands, TV, exercise, reading, all this stuff. And 
what I found is that, you know, women have far more balanced lives, like successful <laughs> women have far more balanced lives than people give them credit for. Um, like it's, I think a very unfair stereotype to say that, you know, because people are succeeding professionally, right. they must be dropping the ball right. in the rest of their lives. Um, and, and I think this book offers some numbers to back that up. Yeah, this is pretty cool. So you, you, you've you got the, the a pool of women, 1,001 days in the lives of working mothers that are earning 100K a year plus. And it looks how they're spending the 160 hours or 168 hours in that week. Um looking at their careers, family activities, pursuing the passions. It's, it's very, very cool. And this one just came out in 2015. So we're about two years ago and was at the time when this came out, was your, what the most successful people do, people do before breakfast. Was that still trending? You know what I mean? Did there, was there some overlap as these were, as these were um, rolling in the market? Yeah. You know, it, it sort of was, um, the, the upside of, of this book, the, I know how she does it is it's really opened up a lot more, um, I would say speaking sure. uh, opportunities because it's a very specific audience that would be looking for it. Um, there's a lot of women's conferences. There's a lot of, you know, women's professional networks. And as I've, you know, done more of those, um, that's then opened up opportunities in kind of mixed groups, um, sure. that are just, you know, basic corporate speaking and stuff, but that was kind of a foot in the door. No, that's, uh, that's awesome. And uh, for those of you that haven't checked out lauravandekam.com, um, you'll see not only is she an amazing writer, but also extraordinary speaker and, and just is able to bring these really great messages that apply to business, uh, corporate, uh, philanthropy. I mean, you can, you name any organization, these, these topics are a priority. All right. So Laura, last but not least, before we jump into what's next, is you also wrote a novel, right, about a high school basketball team called the Cortland Boys, and it, it profiles their success and then what happens down the road uh, for those players. How, how did you decide to do this one? Was this, just, uh, you know, where did this one come from? It came from because I, I just love to write. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. I love and, it. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to write a novel, so I did. Um, and it was, you know, it uses very different writing muscles, sure. but I think it's good to have all of those stretched from time to time. And I really enjoyed writing that. If any of your listeners would like to go check it out. Yeah, it's called The Cortland Boys. It's about a high school basketball team and how um, they win the championship in probably the state championship. And this plays out in their lives over the next two decades. Um, it's it's probably my favorite thing I've ever written. Wow, so. that's awesome! Yeah, so Cortland is spelled C O R T L A N D T. Cortland boys, and um, you can check that out on Amazon, other and also Laura's website. Um, all right, so Laura, what's next? So here we are, 2018. You know, I've been going through your books here. It's every two or three years. So what's in process? <laughs> what's next there for you? I'm excited, right? Uh, I mean, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, no, there is. Um, awesome. I have a new book coming out in May that is called Off the Clock, um, Feel Less Busy While Getting More Done. It, it looks at how people feel about their time. Um, I did another big time diary study, 900 people tracking a day, and then I asked them questions about their perception of time. So I could look at the differences between sort of equivalently busy people who felt like they had enough time for the things that they wanted to do and people who felt stressed and harried about time Got it. Uh, and say, well, what is the difference between how these people are spending their time? So that's what that book explores. That is awesome. So it'll be here in May. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Um, and then Laura, where can our listeners find you, engage with you, have you come speak at their events, check out your material, et cetera. Yeah. Well, please come visit me at my website, lauravandercam.com. That's just my name. 
Um, I blog most days there. We've got a very active community of commenters, so I'd love to have it. It's a much better group of commenters than you'll find pretty much anywhere else on the internet. <laughs> I agree. Like it's, it's much more pleasant and helpful and all that. <laughs> I totally um, agree. And you've got a great newsletter, too, I get yeah. it, really. Yeah, no, I love to say, so you can subscribe to my newsletter. I send out monthly or weekly time management tips, depending on how often you really want to read these things. Um, and I have a podcast now. It's called Best of Both Worlds. Um, awesome. I teamed up with a friend of mine who is a physician and mom of three and also a blogger, Sarah Hart Unger. She and I talk all things work and life um, oh, awesome. and release those episodes every Tuesday. So please check those out. Well, that's great. And I'll make sure to post that link also um, with this one. Well, Laura, it has been awesome having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. For more information on today's topic or to access additional leadership content, tools, and resources, check out contenderbrands.com. Also, you can download other ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store and Google Play Store. And remember, every winner started as a contender. Contender.